0: Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment.
1: sports podcast
0: episode six uh-huh and what are we reviewing in this episode what game
1: um copies day versus Delaware State.
0: yep it's uh seniors day it's the last um game the seniors will play at their home, home. ground so um that's the one we're going to look at but before we do that let's get into our round where we talk about things that happened things we've talked about previously So I said I wanted to actually see, I think it's pronounced loop-tuppy, I think that's how you say it. I wanted to see if he could go for three consecutive no-hitters. It was played on Friday, May 6th, Jay, and uh, he got through the first inning okay, and then unfortunately he gave up one hit afterwards. So, uh, nope, unfortunately he didn't get a no-hitter. He did win the game um in total uh minnow state i think that's how you pronounce it uh, had six hits uh luke topia took the win six and oh but he did not get through uh three things um it was actually uh single to right field in the bottom of the second so he managed to get four outs by the look of it so that was the first one and um as we've been talking about no hitters while i was looking through this there was something that i saw a story from a while ago about one of the strangest no hitters in history uh, from Michael Clare on MLB.com. So, you want to tell us about this one, JJ?
1: Okay. St. Louis Brown's Hobo Holloman. Was I think he's tra-
0: Bobo Holloman. I'm not sure.
1: Bobo Holloman uh-huh. was traded from the Cubs in 1953. He started the year in the, in the bullpen. In his first four appearance, he had thrown five. One-third of an inning pitched, giving up ten hits, three walks, and five runs.
0: So, nothing that spectacular. Like, two hits per inning is generally not considered good. Normally, the walks and hits per innings pitched, it's probably around one or something like that, and his was over two at this point. It's normally one point something, so not a great start.
1: Yeah, not really. A pitcher struggling like this often gets sent to the minors. the guy is a real character. Brown's owner, Bill Veek, said.
0: Now that would look like that. Now his name is actually uh, Bill Veck because he's had a title. He had an autobiography, and he was named. Uh, it was something like "Wreck" uh, as a as in "Wreck." Uh, so it doesn't look like it. It looks like Bill Veek, but it's actually Bill Veek.
1: Okay. Every night since the season's opened, he's come pounding on the manager's door when are you gonna start me he'd uh he'd ask
0: so he's in the bullpen he's giving up lots of hits and he wants to start like most people are gonna go uh-uh, i don't think so <laughs> like show us how good you are in the bullpen first then you can do it all right keep going
1: so they're probably gonna let him do it later after he actually gets better probably
0: you gotta get better first right all right let's see what happened
1: he kept that up even after bad outings Believing he could only be effective in a starting role, he's he's come into the my office every day asking when am I gonna start?
0: Marion said. I think Marion's the, the manager at that point. Yeah. Okay.
1: So on may sixth, nineteen fifty three, with the Low Lai A's Lowly low so not very A's good in other words. coming into town. Vec agreed this was the time to give Holloman his opportunity. Otherwise, he'll be on our, on our ears all the way to the train station, Vec said. All right,
0: what do you think that means? He'll be on our ears all the way to the train station. He's
1: just going to keep asking and asking sure. and asking and asking. All right,
0: so it said the A's, so what team is that? Do you know?
1: The Athletics.
0: Okay, so where are they from?
1: Um... I forgot.
0: Oakland. Except, in 1953, it was the Philadelphia A's. So I was wondering if you knew that the A's, although they're now in Oakland, they were actually on the East Coast originally. Philadelphia's obviously have Phillies as well. That's kind of why one of those teams went across to the West Coast. Alright, so they let him start, even though he wasn't very good. So, tell us what happened.
1: Okay. Like, the second inning, Gus Zernile hit a deep line drive. Wait, to Jim...
0: I don't know how to pronounce it. Jim, Dick, yeah. Jim Dyke? Don't know. D-Y-C-K. Don't know. I have to make yeah. a
1: guess. Made a leaping one-handed grab at the wall f- for the out. In the fifth alley, Clark just missed a home run by a few feet. Mm-hmm. Z- Zernile nearly broke up the no-hitter with the ground ball up the middle that Holloman, Holloman snagged, and the ball got stuck in his glove. That was called an error. So
0: in other words, it wasn't a hit. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Joe Strath had a hit taken from him by Billy Hunter. I wouldn't have the no-hitter if it wasn't for Hunter, Holloman said. That was the greatest play I've ever seen. Holloman was the first pitcher since 1892 to throw a no-hitter in his first start. Hmm. Uh-huh. Wait, who who throws, like the no-hitter? Oh, in 1892?
0: Yeah. That I don't know, but it sounds like you are just given me some homework for the next episode. All right, yeah. And I'll try and find now out.
1: Dad gets homework. I'll
0: try and find out.
1: Holloman seemed to use up all of his luck in that one game. He failed to get out of the third inning in three of his four...
0: Next four stars.
1: Yeah. And after that, and after being sent back to the bullpen, was soon sold back to the minor leagues. He would never pitch in the big leagues again.
0: I'm surprised that hasn't been like a film. Yeah. That sounds like a perfect Disney film right there. Somebody who was not very good... Um, he asked for a chance they gave him a chance he got a no-hitter on his first start um the rest of his career didn't pan out too well but as he said they, they can never take that away from him he had that no-hitter and um, i thought that was one of the weirdest no-hitter stories which is why i um yeah, yeah that's why i his first it down.
1: start and then he just gets sent back to The Miners.
0: Pretty much. Um, One other story I saw this week. um, Really, you've got to see the video for this, but from Baseball Bros on May 3rd, 18-year-old prodigy who can throw 90-plus miles an hour, both righty and lefty, at Whistle Sports. So I think I mentioned to you the pitcher who broke his arm, and he wanted to play during the summer, so he started throwing with his other hand, and then he could throw that fast. But yeah, pretty rare that you can do that. So um, yeah, I'll be interested to see how this guy comes. I didn't mention his name anywhere, so I'm not quite sure um, how it worked out. All right, main review so this is a seniors night as we said or seniors day I guess this was on a Sunday mm-hmm. and um, Mason was um, Mason was able to come to this one as well so we left in the morning um, there's been a lot of rain over the weekend I was worried if this game would even go ahead um, it was in another stadium I thought it was at Bachman again but it was somewhere else that began with B I can't even remember what it was called yeah um, me neither I didn't write it down, and um, got there a little bit early, saw the stadium, they had a playground, so you got to have a little play before. Um, anything yep. about the playground you want to share?
1: Um, The slides were actually really good, like all the other playgrounds, like...
0: What was so good about it?
1: That, like, it, it was like a smooth... Uh-huh. Like,
0: it was, went pretty quick. Yeah. Yep.
1: Like, except my foot kept getting, like, <laughs> stuck and caught, and just kept bumping up and down Ooh, well, on like the first hurt. one so like you just went bump 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 bump, uh-huh. bump 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 it was so i just steep. went down on my belly instead uh, okay it, and was it went really steep, fast and it
0: did twist and yeah it made you go fast um sometimes yeah they're not very steep they try to be super safe and then they're not as exciting so yeah there was a few twisty things you could grab on and spin around as well yeah. so i know you like those uh it was so those good ones
1: that like you spin around and it was like at an angle like warning do not look down for that you <laughs> get really dizzy. dizzy when you look down
0: well it was so good mason's like it said on five to twelve year olds and i was like sorry mason and he's like well i didn't want to play on it anyway and i was like well that's fine there's a lacrosse game over there you could watch that because he likes lacrosse and within two minutes he was playing on all the things big smile on his face so he obviously enjoyed it as well and um, we went across for around we got there a little before 11 30. Um, because we knew that they were gonna do the seniors um they introduced all the seniors um what kind of happened on the field as they brought the seniors out can you um, remember
1: like like they got esc- they like got run out by family members and people like- yeah
0: yeah there was different they announced who they were sometimes it was people's girlfriends sometimes their wives sometimes um like their mother and father sometimes brothers and sisters but yeah pretty much everybody of them had like
1: like um Mother, father, brother, and sister.
0: Uh huh. Yep. And um, what did they do when they got out there?
1: They got like a, like a big poster thing. Uh huh. They get a case.
0: Yeah, it was. Um, it looked pretty nice. It was a framed photograph. That's yeah. what I could tell. I couldn't tell if they were all different, but it looked like it was pictures that people had taken of them while they'd been playing for Coffin yeah. State. We were kind of at an angle, so we couldn't see. I took some pictures, but the pictures they posted online were really good. Um, I'll see if I, I know I retweeted one of them. I'll see if I can retweet the other one so you can uh, kind of see that. So uh, Co- Coach Reed was out there. Um, I'm not sure if the other assistant coaches are out there or not. <coughs> I'm guessing they were, and yeah, uh, yeah they kind of came out one at a time. They gave an introduction, told you a little about the players, and um, I got it totally wrong. I got it totally wrong. Who was last week? I was trying to predict while looking at the seniors, and I got it wrong. So some of those people who were red-shirted juniors, this is their last year in college as well. So yeah, I got a little confused from looking at their roster. And um, yeah, there was the five people. I thought I'd written them down, and I don't think I did. I think I meant to. I think I made the correction on the Twitter, but I didn't write it in my notes. Um, I know for sure, um, Marcus Castillo, yeah,
1: um,
0: Matt Day, uh, Oh! Welly as well! Like, that was one person we Yay. didn't know who was on that list, so uh, yeah, Wellington Woo! was also a um, senior. And uh, there was two other people, I really apologize, I can't remember. I know there was five people in total. And um, actually it started a little bit later. It said it was gonna be 11: 30. It was probably close to 1145 because we actually got to see them um, warm up on the infield yeah which I thought was pretty cool actually. I think it was either you or Mason said I like watching the drills and I was like, yeah me too.
1: Yeah I was like, Mason.
0: yeah like I tried asking you one of them. So one of the calls was the catcher would throw the ball out to like the third base area and he was shouting four. So I asked you I was like, what does that mean? Home. Huh? It does, yeah. We don't normally call it fourth base, but yeah, four means home. And I noticed one of them, they did that, and then the catcher kind of rolled it out again. And they had to pick it up, and then they had to throw it across the first Oh, yeah, as well. one of
1: them, he, he threw up a baseball and hit it out. Yeah. To the outfield. Yeah, they
0: were kind of throwing it and they would let it bounce and you'd hit it and then they'd catch it. And um, yeah, they were. It was interesting to watch how they were warming up. It's a little different from when I've seen uh, when Mason used to play, obviously, because he was much younger when he played. He was probably like 11, 12, uh, something like that. And um, JJ, your last sheet. Has yeah. the, uh has the scores on it, and it has all the information on. So I know that you normally get me to take notes on things like this, but yeah. um, my notes crashed. Um, I took them on my phone, which was not the perfect way of doing it. So anyway, it didn't work so good. Now, if you want to have a look through, i got a few notes to read before we get there, okay? okay. So a couple of things. I actually found out where Coppin State is. Um, when yeah. it was in Baltimore, it's only a mile away from the Baltimore Zoo. Nice. So we have season tickets to the Baltimore Zoo. So next time we go, we're probably going to take a look. And we mentioned when we talked about Coppin State about uh, Fanny Jackson Coppin, who was the person they named the university after. And um, there's a statue of her at Coppin State. And it was only unveiled fairly recently, February 11th, 2022. So that might be something we can look at. And also significantly, um, on May 1st, Dr. Anthony Jenkins, uh, May 1st marked National Decision Day. I visited high schools to support my future hashtag Coppin Eagles. When you commit to hashtag Coppin State, your president commits to you. And then there was a lot of hashtags after that. So yeah, the president talked about that. And I thought this was important because my high school as well, we had the same thing. People were saying like which colleges they were going to. Uh, they made a big deal about it. But I also thought it was interesting with us talking about the seniors who were leaving. Obviously at the same time, there's new people coming in as well. So I thought that was interesting to get that contrast there. Um, also, Friday and Saturday's games have been canceled due to inclement weather in the forecast. At Coppin Baseball will play a double header against the Hornets on Sunday, May 8th. Oh, at Blandair Park, that was it. First pitch is scheduled for 12, with Senior Day ceremonies to begin at 11.30, where Coppin State will honor its seniors in a pre-game ceremony. Um, Oh, I apologize. I do have the other person's name. It was Grant Williams. I I could not remember that last name. I think Grant Williams was the first person that came out, actually. Uh, if I remember correctly. So, yeah, the weather was awful. Thankfully, this pitch was all... um, The field was all turf, wasn't it? So it would have coped with the weather a little bit better so they could carry on playing. Uh, The person who I was interested in watching, JJ, was, because I looked ahead of time, Trey Page. Uh, Trey Page is the stiffest competition for Jordan Hamburg in the Player of the Year race as he leads the Hornets with a 398 average. Um, I don't know if you know this one, JJ. 400 is very, very rare in the major leagues. Yeah. The last person to do it was Ted Williams in 1939. So we're going back a long, long time. Tony Gwynn was really close a few years ago, and they actually cut the season short, so I don't think he got to quite get there. I think he was around like 398 or something like that. So I was interested to see how he was going to go. All right, what do you remember about this one? Or having looked at the score, I think the second inning was probably the one where it kind of uh, took off a little bit. Yeah. All right, what
1: you got? Okay. For the first game, Delaware Stay won 7 to nothing. Oh,
0: geez, We're going straight into the final scores? Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't think it was... Was it really 7? Oh, I guess it was. I guess I didn't remember it was quite as much as that. Uh, well, oh, not. yeah. They
1: got 5 in one inning.
0: Um, They did. Towards the end, it... No, no, it didn't. They had 4 one in one inning. Um, they had 1 in the second. And I thought... I thought for this one so you already said the result. I thought for this one actually. I thought Coppin State were a little unlucky at this one. Now there was also very high winds in this one. It was a very cold game if you remember. Yeah. And there was one where it kinda went out. The third baseman was going for it and then I think it was the shortstop called him off and said, I got it, I got it. And then he didn't get it. It went over his head. But I was like, look at the wind. Like, you can see it's blowing the ball. They did not charge that player with an error for that. And um, they didn't charge him because it was difficult. They didn't commit any errors in this game. There was a few where they got really close. I think there was one where Welly nearly went bounced kind of off the fence a little bit because the trainer came out and was like, are you okay? And it just felt like all their hits were just going slightly past them. But every hit that the other team did just went over them. So I, I thought they were a little unlucky. Now, the only note that survived JJ is this. I put two players nearly crash, and I meant to look at the story, and I didn't. So if I get it slightly wrong, I apologize. So there was a new player on a team, and he was kind of doing the same thing. She was like, how do they know not to run into each other? Because that'd be bad. And I'm like, yeah, that'd be really bad. And I was like, they call each other off. So anyway, it happened, and the two players kind of ran into each other. And they were like, what happened? He's like, I called it, it was my ball. And anyway, they explained to him, it like, the other player's Spanish. Like, he doesn't speak English. He's like, he doesn't know what my ball is or whatever. So anyway, he told him, they taught him the phrase like you gotta say um now this is the part that I don't remember and I'm relying on my Spanish. It was something like mitengo, which is like I got it, or something like that. So anyway, once they played afterwards, if he wanted it, he just said mitengo and the other player was like, Oh, he means I got anyway, it all worked out well. Another new player joined the team and same thing, the ball's in the air, and he's like, Mitengo, mitengo, and the other guy was going for it as well, and they clashed into each other. The other guy only spoke English. <laughs> so he could have just said my ball and it would have been fine but i thought that was a pretty funny story he got used to saying it in spanish because of his teammate and then when he when he had a a teammate who didn't speak spanish uh he was trying to be helpful and anyway they crashed into each other so i did remind it of that so yeah i wrote down error to check later if there was an error but no it wasn't an error at all um and this thing we went to look for a ball as well there was one that was hit foul did we find it no we helped the player um we found three (laughs) <laughs> but none of them were the game ball, so that wasn't particularly helpful. Um, also in this one as well, Coppin State kept leaving people on base as well. Um, they left two people on base at the end of the second. It's like, ah, oh, just like one more hit, and it would have kind of got things going, but it wasn't to be in this one. Now, how could I not How can I not tell if this was an error during the game or not, though, JJ? Yeah. How could I not tell? Normally I could just find out during the game. How could I not find out for this one?
1: Um, the scoreboard. What about it? It wasn't
0: on. It wasn't. I don't know why. I have no idea why it wasn't on. It was there. All you have to do is push the buttons. It doesn't seem like it's that difficult um, unless it's broken. I don't know. Now, you could actually look on the app to see if it was an error or not. And I forgot that at that point I could do that. Now, one thing I thought that was interesting for this one. There was a lot of balls that were hit to the parking lot, right? There was quite a few that hit the... Oh, one hit the Coppin State van as well, <laughs> which the was funny. from
1: Delaware State. That's a sign
0: oh, well, that, that they funny.
1: hate Coppin State <laughs> if it literally hits the truck.
0: That was pretty lucky. It did hit someone else's truck as well. and Because um, obviously, if they miss the truck, it hits the concrete, right? And then it bounces. Now, in the fourth, um, a fan went to get the ball... And the player came out for it. And the play, and I didn't see it exactly, but I think he either rolled it on the ground or he threw it and it bounced on the ground. And the player's like, oh, no, not on the concrete, not on the concrete, or not on the cement. And I thought, hold on a second. Like, I kind of understand that because it would obviously scratch the ball up, right, which is not a good thing. Yeah. So what happens then when it goes up into the air, lands on the concrete, and bounces? That's got to make a big mark, right? Do they just not use those balls anymore? And yeah. the answer is I don't know anymore. So I would have thought a ball being hit foul that lands in the parking lot would do more damage than a fan who's just throwing the ball and it hits the ground. So I don't know. That's something I thought about while I was watching this one. That was my only thing that survived for this. Um, yeah, like you said, it kind of got away from uh, Coppin State in this one. There was five in one, uh, four in one inning. They had four in the fourth, so it was 5-0 at this point. They added two more on. It was 7-0. Um, this one, actually, you were having more fun kind of playing, to be honest. There was a lot of uh, green areas that you could play on. Uh, you had mason with you so you could actually have somebody to throw with this time and actually around the fifth inning i think when it was seven zero we went across that challenge course we saw that that challenge i saw it on the map and i was like this looks pretty cool do you want to talk about the challenge course
1: oh yeah so like it was so you had to like press the button Uh and then hold it what does that do that starts the time, and then you gotta complete the challenge course. Uh-huh. So, first, there's like those like two walls where you gotta jump across. Yeah,
0: you put one foot on yeah. one side, one foot on the other, yeah.
1: And then there's like like a net, mm-hmm. like a net that you had to climb across, and yep. then a rock wall, and then another net. Uh-huh. Then you had to like jump over the things, like not touching. And uh, you threw like...
0: right on top of them. I watched your video. You're supposed to put your foot either side and get over them. You just jump straight uh, on top of each one and squash them. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, never mind. And then.
1: There was like a U turn ramp, uh-huh. like you had to
0: you can run, run around across it, and, it it. and then around.
1: there was like little um, stool things that like kind of shake side to side uh-huh. that you had to go over. Okay. And then there was like an annoying thing, like you couldn't touch the ground.
0: Oh, okay, so you're talking, first of all, then- oh, right. I know what you're talking about now. They're like uh, football ones that they put yeah. on the football field, and they kind of bounce side to side. So they're like football heights, so you normally practice tackles on them, but you have to weave in and out of them really quick. Yeah,
1: oh, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. The- oh, yeah, I forgot that. And then there's, like, the thing, like, where you to go over it, and then go over it, the- and then get onto the other, and keep going over them. Okay. And then there's, like, one of those, like things with like springs that was kind of yep. like at a u angle
0: yeah you just had to run around the outside of it but it kind of bounced a little bit yeah
1: yeah and then there was like a net wall that you had to climb up yep. and climb then climb, the top, down climb down down yeah on the other side and then mm-hmm. you had to i guess you had to go through the ropes next and then yep. and then you had to kind
0: of some people some of them people you could go over them some of them you could go under them you kind of had a little choice
1: yeah you had to go and for the last one you had to go over, under, over, okay. and then you press the button to stop the time. And it
0: told you what the time was. And you got just done the ba- about two minutes for the first one, but it was pretty fun. It was quiet as well. We have one near where we live that was built in the summer, and it was packed when we went. Now, admittedly, it was the summer. This game was actually really cold as well. I think it was like 50 at game time, and there was plenty of people with blankets. There was plenty of fans around us who kept saying, yeah, I'm going to go sit in the car for a few minutes because it's cold, and it was. And after you actually finished on the uh, track on the uh, challenge course, you were actually like, "I'm boiling." I was like, "Well, it's not boiling. It's just that you've been running around for a little bit, so it helped keep you warm." So I guess it was okay. And um, yeah, by the time we got back, that was it. There was no additional runs. Uh, the sixth inning, it was blanks, and then the seventh inning, it was blank. So final score, uh, Delaware State 7, Coppin State 0, 11 hits for Delaware State and uh, 2 hits for Coppin State. Uh, No errors. It said that the attendance was 100 and the time taken was 2 hours. I always say I never get a short game, JJ. I got one for this one. And this was in Columbia, Maryland. Actually, it says the temperature was 40. It says 40s on this one. And it does mention that the weather is breezy. So I would definitely agree with that. Now, what I didn't say at the start was... Um, Coppin State was leading the division by three games, and there's probably only about six or seven games left as well. So is now is...
1: winning by one game.
0: Well, spoiler alert for the last one. So go ahead, tell us about this. Was a doubleheader, so go on. Well, you already told Delaware won,
1: State went twelve to four.
0: Uh, Yeah, there was 16 hits for this one, for Delaware State, and there was only uh, eight hits for Coppin State, and this one was over pretty quickly as well. In the third inning, uh, Delaware State got seven runs. So uh, eight runs in the first three, and it was eight to one, so that's always going to be tough to come back for. Um, There was one number particularly on here that caught my eye, Four errors from Coppin State it was just one of those days unfortunately it just it seemed everything that they tried just didn't seem to work for this one so in the first game we mentioned that they um, it looked like there was possible errors but they it was just there were tough chances because of the wind in this one there was legitimately four errors um,
1: and one error for Delaware.
0: Now both of the pitchers were actually Jordan. Delaware State was Jordan Hadaway, who opened up with 3.2 innings uh, and gave up two runs. And for Coffin State it was Jordan Hamburg uh, who gave up eight, Um, hold on is that right? He gave up eight runs, but there's only two earned runs. And we're going to talk about that earned runs thing in a little bit, okay? I want to know if you knew the difference between, but we'll get to that. Now, I said I was kind of interested in the different uh, how Trey Page was going to do. Uh, Trey Page was, uh, I don't think he got any hits in the first game at all. He finished overall for the two games, uh, three for nine with a home run. And uh, Jordan Hamburg went one for four with three walks. So uh, Trey got on base three times, but Jordan, like, actually, I don't know if Trey had any bases on balls, um, Jordan managed to get on base four times, so they walked him a lot in that second game. I think he had two walks, and he actually only had uh, one at bat, official at bat, in the other game, so, yeah, that kind of made a bit of a difference. Alright, time to catch up on what we know, so I was going to do the Coppin State one first, but I think you already did this, so... Well, let's see where we're at. Uh, Orioles news, JJ. So originally, Friday and Saturday were supposed to be games. So what you got for me?
1: Okay. So they have. So they had a Friday and Saturday game against the Royals, and.
0: They were supposed to, but it was postponed.
1: Yeah. By. So the. No, the one on the sixth was postponed. Cancelled. to the 8th, yep. and then the other one was postponed to the 9th.
0: Yes, there was a lot of rain on the East Coast, so a lot of games got cancelled. Alright, what was the quote then from Joe Trez on MLB.com?
1: Baltimore. For, for two days now, the Orioles and Royals have tried taking the field only to find inclement in weather in their way. High pressure system continuing over much of the East coast further delayed the start of the three game series between the teams saturday be forcing the second postponement in as many days instead of the instead, the Orioles and Royals will open they're set with a traditional single admission double header sunday on at Oriole Park at Camden Yards beginning at 1:35 p.m.
0: Eastern Time.
1: Eastern Time. Saturday's rainout will be made on Monday at 12.05 p.m. Eastern Time. Both teams originally had Monday off.
0: Yeah, so obviously with Friday and Saturday being cancelled, and there was supposed to be a game on Sunday originally, they can't play three games in one day, so they had to extend it to the Monday, so they don't get a day off now as it was. Um, The single admission thing, that means that you can pay once and you can see both games if you want to. Sometimes they'll do what's called a day-night double-header, where you pay and go see the game in the day, everyone leaves, and then if you want to see the game in the night, you've got to pay again to see the second game. So this one was um, two for the price of one. Uh, Very early start, 12.05 on a Monday, most people are going to be working, so that's kind of going to be tough for people to go see that one. Um, Red Sox, Jay, I don't know how much longer I can do Red Sox updates for. It's just getting painful. Um, I, w- I was working at prom on Saturday, and as I left uh, Red Sox were up by 1, so I was like, oh great, I can catch the end of this game. They gave up one run they to lost. take it into extra innings, and then they lost in extra innings. The stats that I heard is they're now 0-5 in extra innings games. So they've lost all 5 they've done. They've blown 9 saves in 14 attempts, which is absolutely ridiculous stat after one month. Um they're just not hitting. So it's not totally on the pitchers. The starting pitching has been pretty good, uh, but the bullpen has not been good. And the batters, with the exception of uh, Xander, Raphael, and JD, they just have not been hitting. And in fact, I saw a site that was talking about. Uh, the odds. You know how people can bet on sports.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, they have odds on who was going to reach the playoffs, and originally the Red Sox had a sixty-one percent chance of making the Red Sox uh, making the playoffs, and after a month they're down to thirty-one percent, and this was a few days ago. I'm sure they're even lower now. The Red Sox came within two wins of reaching the World Series last season, beating both the Yankees and Rays along the way, but it's been a rough time in Beantown this year. Uh, they've received little support from the team's offense, free agent addition Trevor Story, including putting a lot of stress on pitching staff that lacks depth, even with Michael Wacker's great start. Boston needs to get going fast to avoid falling further behind the Yankees, Blue Jays, and Rays. And, um, yeah, they um, lost again yesterday as well. And I think now their record is 9-19. and That's how far... They're 10 games under 500 right now. It's really bad. Um, just for contrast, the team that's improved the most, though, Jay, has been the Angels. 44% up to 67%. I didn't realize Mike Trout's only made the playoffs one time in his career back in 2014. So they're looking a little bit better with players like uh, Shone, uh, Shohei Itani and Anthony Rendon's playing pretty good as well. And it sounds like their pitching staff looks much better as well if you remember i think the orioles actually beat the angels in a series i think oh, yeah. we talked about that a couple of weeks ago so um yeah they're doing much better but um that's it so we already talked coppin you talked orioles a bit i talked red Sox. i think i might just talk about a different team i don't know if i can talk about red Sox every week it's too painful right now this week in baseball so I thought it was only fair JJ last week right at the end I mentioned oh there was a female player that started uh, for a team I can't really remember much except I thought we needed to do that properly this week so go ahead you can tell us about the story NCAA software softball on Twitter May 2nd what you got for us
1: Kelsey Whitmore became the first woman
0: to I think spell. it's Whitmore but because there's no e in it Whitmore. but yeah Whitmore
1: Became the first one to start a game in a league connected to, to MOB. Over the weekend, she cracked starting nine for the Fairy Hawks.
0: Now, I think the Fairy Hawks are the... It used to be the Staten Island um, team. So, I, I'm guessing it's the Staten Island Fairy Hawks now. I'm guessing that's their nickname.
1: The May 3rd MOB Network on Twitter. It's an honor to be able to be recognized by those younger girls to be someone that they can look up to. Kelsey Whitmore became the first woman to start an Atlantic League game on Sunday and she stopped by at...
0: Hashtag Hashtag MLB tonight
1: to discuss her debut.
0: Alright, so that was her debut. Um, You can watch that clip. It's available. Um, I also saw a 20-minute interview on YouTube with her as well, which unfortunately with being out most of the weekend, I haven't had a chance to watch yet, but I'm certainly looking to uh, find out a little bit more about Kelsey Whitmore as well.
1: Baseball for all May 4th, two-way player, Kelsey Whitmore. Finally getting a chance to show what she can do on the mound and she didn't disappoint may 4th kelsey whitmore be- comes on the comes on with the bases loaded and gets the job done eliminated that for the fairy hawks result ball called strike called strike fly out and then hashtag that story, her story hashtag, mine, hashtag fairy hawks hashtag
0: Alright, there's a lot of hashtags in there. So, that last segment you read, that's what I didn't know when we did this last time. All I knew is she'd made a debut. I thought it was as a batter. I didn't realize that she was also a pitcher. So, there's a little bit more to it than this. Alright, Jay, is there any more?
1: Playing at Southern Maryland June 14th to 16th. Also played in Staten Island the week after you doing the summer.
0: So if we want to go see Kelsey play then, we can see it. We can see her play for Southern Maryland. It's like the last couple of days of school. Or we could possibly even go up to New York, because it'll be the holiday at that point and go see her at Staten Island. I don't know if you realise, it said the Staten Island Ferry Hawks. There's a ferry that you can ride on from Staten Island to Manhattan that's free. And as you're riding along it, you go past the,
1: the Red Sox Stadium.
0: No, we said the other day. You said mention a st- mention a team from New York, and you said the Red Sox. I'm like the, the Boston State Red York- Sox. No, oh, you go past the Statue of Liberty. Yaw. Yes, you do. So that might be pretty good to see then, right? Yeah. So that's an option. I'd go for us. into it. Uh, that's a little different. <laughs> that's a little bit more. That takes a lot more booking and things like that. But that might be an option that we can do. And the other thing that I saw was uh, Ethan Sands uh, on MLB.com. Philadelphia's number three post prospect, 19-year-old, six-foot-seven right-hander Andrew Painter was selected directly out of high school with a 13th pick in the 2021 draft, and has shown a high ceiling to start his professional journey and has yet to give up an earned run in 20 innings pitched in 2022. He hasn't let in a single earned run since entering the professional ranks. He's allowed just eight hits over 26 innings. Painter continued his masterful performance in high A Clearwater's 6-2 victory over Dunedin over four innings. Two hits and an unearned run. Now, I mentioned that would come up again later. So, we mentioned that Jordan Hamlin, he had eight runs, but it was only two earned runs. So, that's my question for you, JJ. It said he hadn't given up any runs. So, do you know the difference? What's the difference between, we talked about ERA being earned run average, Yeah. What's the difference between an earned run and an unearned run? I wasn't sure if you knew the difference.
1: Is it like an unearned run is like when someone hits the ball and and like you're already on a base you get
0: home no it's not that so earned run is when it's basically something that you brought on yourself an unearned run is when there's an error on the team so if it should have been an out so let's suppose and you have two outs jj and you do a pop-up for the third out and the fielder drops it and then the players carry on if the rest of the team then hit like five home runs in a row in theory that's not your fault is it like, the other players should have made that play, and you would have been... At- so that's what an unearned run is. So it means that there was an error, and the only reason they scored uh, was because of the error. So you have to figure out how many errors there were, and at the end of the inning, you can figure out, did he score because of the error, or did he not? So Jordan was really unlucky. He gave up eight runs, but only two of them were earned runs. So he should have only had two runs. But because of those four errors, I'm not sure if they're all in the same inning. They had eight runs total. So I felt really bad for Jordan on that one. That's kind of tough. Uh, only giving up so few. But hey, that's the way it goes sometimes. It's uh, It just seemed like it was one of those days. And that was actually all my notes, JJ. Until... Um, We didn't have time last night to record. Um, I was busy at school today. I was doing my preparation for the uh, state testing. Uh, So I was at school until gone six. I was there at like six this morning as well. And I saw this when I came home while you were eating your dinner. Uh, Brian Murphy on MLB.com. So this is Monday, time of recording. Uh, Major League Baseball Commissioner Rob Manfred and London Mayor Sadiq Khan announced a long-term partnership between the league and the city that includes regular season games in 2023, 2024, and 2026, along with other major events over the next five years. Uh, My question was, why not 2025? I I didn't explain it. I don't know if there's some big event going on in the summer that year, I don't know. Uh, MLB's first venture into the United Kingdom came in 2019 when the Red Sox and the Yankees took part in the MLB London series. Two games at London Stadium that each drew nearly 60,000 fans. Each, each game. Um, I'm pretty sure that's West Ham uh, United Soccer Stadium. It's where the Olympics were held. Um, I'm pretty sure that's where it was. Uh, all aspects of the inaugural... Whoa, my notes just suddenly scanned right through. Hold on. Um, all aspects of the inaugural MLB games in London were an overwhelming success, Manfred said in a statement. It was clear that sports fans in London had a great appetite for baseball. Sayed Khan, today is an historic day for London and baseball. This long-term partnership with MLB is ambitious and includes regular season games as well as a legacy program designed to grow the number of Londoners watching and playing baseball in a grassroots level in London. A prime example of the things that they're going to show is something called the Home Run Derby X. I'm assuming it's an X, not a 10, which will take place at London's Crystal Palace on July 9th, 2022. So that's going to be in a few months' time then. Actually, as we're recording today, it's May 9th, so in two months' time. The competition will feature four historic franchises, Red Sox, Yankees, Dodgers, and Cubs. Each team will include a former player, a legend, a softball or women's baseball star, a superstar, a player from that region's local development system, a rookie, and an influential content creator, Wildcard. Hey, you might get Mr. Beast playing in that, JJ. I think he would qualify under that one. And, um, yeah, so they mentioned that stuff, so I'm really excited by that one. Uh, we were really hoping it was going to be the year earlier we were actually in London in 2018 so we weren't there for 2019 unfortunately I did buy the shirts I have a couple of shirts Um, I don't know if you remember them they feature like um, um, icons in London like it's got Big Ben on and things like that and the Yankees logo and a Red Sox Um, so yeah I'm I'm glad to see that that's happening and uh, continuing alright time to play that intro you need to get your guitar out I assume you're doing the uh, the outro, not intro. Outro.